Hey everyone, welcome to Disrupting Our Practice. I'm Shannon Patterson. And I'm Greg Flynn. This podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants, facilitators, coaches, and trainers. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices. Those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism, oppression, and harm. And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing. So we live in a world that truly works for everyone. Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice. Hey, Greg. Hey, Shannon. I feel a lot of energy for talking about our topic today. How about you? I think, you know, we saw what happened last time. We both had a lot of capacity, so hopefully we'll rein ourselves in a little bit. Yeah, it won't be like the four-hour podcast, which as we were prepping for this, I was like, oh boy, this, we could just go on this yeah. forever. And we have a ton of capacity, so, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So should we should we start with a check-in just to kind of ground ourselves into that and ground everybody else into our capacity levels? That sounds and, good. And then dive in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for those like, new to our podcast. Welcome. Thank you for being here. And we like to start with our capacity, which is you'll discover soon, just like how present are we, what's happening in our body, heart, uh, mind, spirit, um, for being in this conversation and just having a moment to connect sort of relationally, because that's really what's at the center of, of being able to disrupt our practice and create a new world. So let's relate a bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, shall I check in first, Greg? That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Like I've got a ton of energy in my head, just buzzing away. So body, where are you? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's there. I'm going to have to keep wiggling my toes during our, our session together. So I stay connected. Mm. Um, but I feel good in my body. I'm, I'm slept, I'm nourished. I'm all things, good things happen this weekend. I'm walked, I'm fed. I sound like a dog. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm well cared for. Yeah. And my heart is feeling really full, uh, again, emotional, emotionally like rejuvenating weekend for me and mm. the time outside and time in amazing conversation was really good for my soul and spirit. So I'm here, I'm ready. And I'm curious to hear how your capacity is. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. Uh, I love that um, that analogy of like a dog. You know, like it's sometimes it's that simple. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the being the getting the walks, getting the nourishment. I am feeling uh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling a lot of energy. My energy is kind of dispersed throughout my mind and my body, so I'm feeling kind of both. Um, I'm feeling a yeah a lot of some joy today, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of interesting because there's been a, a bit of a shift in the weather and usually that impacts me, but I'm, it's not bothering me today. It's, I'm just feeling kind of up and good and grounded and grateful to be connecting here and really excited about the topic. Yeah. So my body is feeling um, relaxed and, and energized and ready to support me in this, in this conversation. So mm. Glad to be here with you. I'm so glad to hear all of that. I'm also thinking about how long we've been working together and we've had some like just dark, grumpy times. So I'm oh, just goodness. loving how, <laughs> how think, we're in a new, know, uh, we're in a, we're in a new season, even though it's like kind of, 
you know, the dark time of the year. So I just want to reflect that yeah. back to you. Well, I also love how you say we've had some, we, because we have had some dark, grumpy times, but I specifically have had some very dark <laughs> times that you lived through. So I'm uh, super grateful for you and all your support and, uh, yeah. and work together. And yeah, it's great. Right back at you. All right. TS our, our topic, Greg, you're good at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll try to rein myself in and get concise and clear, uh, which I think is obviously pretty helpful. This this actually it originated to this morning. I was working on language for the invitation that we're putting out for um, a series of workshops that we're doing. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to learn more about that. Uh, and as I was typing those th this up, I started hearing the voice of people in workshops that I've done in the past, programs that I've run in the past, um, in relationship to this disrupting our practice work like specifically my my program for men understanding whiteness and the the, the question that you know I, I often hear is like well this is great this is all you know, these conversations and these questions are so important but like like when are we going to talk about what to do when are we going to talk about the actions we take and when i was hearing these voices i was i started finding myself wondering am i actually like hearing a problem that there is to solve like oh are we am i are we doing a little too much of this kind of what can be seen as navel gazing work um or is this really just kind of like the anxiety of um you know the the men that i've encountered and my own anxieties that because quite frankly i get it i understand the the impulse and the question mm -hmm. and we wanted to talk a little bit about that because it's it's a common one. I think you've said that you've heard it uh, pretty much every program that you've done. Uh, it's uh, it's not an uncommon thing. I think in in passing in our communities when we're talking to people about this stuff, like you know, and we wanted to talk a little bit about how quickly it, it how, how easily it is for us to easy it is for us to jump to action um, in the face of the the request and the invitation to pause. Mm. and actually get to know each other a little bit, get, in, get to know ourselves a little bit more in the context of this work and the ways that it impacts us and the ways that we impact others and all of that. So I'll leave it there and see what you have to add. And yeah, we we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. I mean, when you mentioned talking about, you know, action, when do we take action, questions about taking action really resonated with me uh, this morning in part because I've been in some holistic resistance um, spaces this weekend, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And Sunday was specifically about taking action. And I was really struck by like my role as a white bodied woman. Um, what my, what that even means to take action and what it would look mm. like and how, anyway, I'll dive into it. So it's like really on top, like, um, and I think the complexity I've heard women in my groups as well around understanding whiteness, I think feel a sense of frustration around like, well, why aren't we doing anything? We're just talking about and navel gazing, you know, at the same time, I know that there's critique of white affinity groups um, and white caucus groups doing nothing but nasal navel gazing um, and yep. needing to get out and to do some action. So I think it's just so complex. Um, there's just a lot to explore and feel here. So where do we start? Well, I guess, I mean, I'd be curious 
you know, you want to talk about, so like for folks who are just now joining and haven't heard us talk about holistic resistance uh, every single episode and who didn't listen, didn't yes. get a chance to listen to Aaron's, uh, our conversation or my conversation at rather with Aaron last week, holistic resistance is a, a black led um, anti-oppression organization out of Southern California who they run a lot of programs and workshops that we've been involved in taking for a number of years now. And, and they're our mentors and teachers and, and friends. And um, so, but do you want to talk a little bit about the, that experience and like what sure. it brought up for you and the questions that are on your mind? And then we can dive a little bit into some of the stuff we've heard from folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yesterday's event was, you know, talking about how to, how to gather resources in various ways to support the different things that holistic resistance has going on. And so, mm. you know, that, that included some things around land and, and building black village that also included um, some work that Aaron Johnson's wife is doing around a, an apothecary. And then Portia Bead um, is um, building her own kind of program called um, rise up or rising up um, to support mm. Uh, especially black women, I think women of color mm -hmm. uh, in general, but specifically black women right now. Um, and so we, there was a group of us thinking about, you know, she was describing a program and what she needed for support, you know, so there's a lot of room to, you know, take action here. And it was a, you know, mixed space. There were, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people of all positionalities in the room, not all, but not just white folks um, with Portia and, just really struck by really centering what Portia needed, right? Forget what I think mm. Portia needs. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, but all of us were really focused on, you know, what she would need both for herself, you know, how does she get the support that she needs to bring this program into life and what does it mean to take action and support yeah. other black women? So, you know, if I had thought about this a couple of years ago, I think what I would think of as taking action would have looked a lot like me deciding what was needed or, mm, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I was also really struck by how important it was to feel the relationship, um, you know, mm. that, that I had with Portia, that Portia had with others in the room that were really contributing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I was just, I was struck by, by those two things, like, not me as a white person mm. deciding what is needed or even how I could contribute. And then I forgot the other thing I was going to say suddenly. <laughs> so I'll stop there and see what, <laughs> what, um, what comes up for you as you listen to that. Well, I think, you know, part of what comes up for me is a recognition of the kinds of things you're noticing about, about yourself and about the process mm. that I think a result of slowing down and building the relationships and being in the inquiries that you've been in rather than um, in spite of it. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. It's like the, and, and how, you know, there's been this, this kind of community that's been built that you, you know, you're a part of, I'm a part of, and, and Portia is definitely a part of, and, and one of the ar architects in some ways of, yes. And it takes, you know, it's, it's been, it's been in those processes that's allowed to get to this place for where they're at. And like where holistic resistance at is kind of nuts. I won't go into all this stuff, but they're like the, the number of projects they have on their plate 
mm-hmm. right now. It's kind of like almost like zero to, it seems like an overnight thing, right? Zero to a hundred. When in reality, it's been like this years, you know, probably 10 year, yeah. year, 10 year long process that they've been in. And, and that's, it's supported by the slowdown, it seems. And yeah, that's, that's, I think the main thing that I'm hearing in what you're describing is, you know, because of, not in spite of. Yeah, definitely because of. Yeah, and I think just also the, I mean, maybe it feels more obvious in this situation. It's Portia's program, you know, that we were talking about. So, of mm-hmm. course, she would be deciding what is needed. But, um, you know, I think there are other ways where, especially as people who hold, you know, spaces, control spaces, we come in on the behalf of clients. It's very easy to get seduced into being the ones that decide what's needed and just mm-hmm. really, really slowing that down and stepping back and recognizing how often that's not true and what to do, what to do instead. Um, and I don't want to dive into tactics. Um, instead, want to focus on really recognizing that we really got to slow that down um, and slow our clients down and other people down around like, well, wait a second. Um, how do we figure yeah. out what's needed here, actually? Yeah, 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 and the and the I mean that when that's the thing, right? Is the jumping the tactics is the the default in a lot of ways. I think it's the default for a lot of us. Yeah, you know, and I do think that there's like there's a there's a couple sides to that. Like, I mean, I've heard Robin DeAngelo, who you know, folks know, uh, wrote White Fragility and a couple of other books um, on this stuff, and who's a I'm not sure if she still is, but I know she was a professor at University of Washington for a while. Um, but she, you know, I've heard her say when white-bodied folks come to me and say, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Um, her response is often, um, how is it you came to not know what to do? Mm-hmm. So good. Like, you know, it's not like people haven't been telling us what to do for a long time, which is true, I think. there's, I don't, And, and I think this is one of the things that, you know, you and I were talking about this kind of in, the, in our pre-call. I don't think either of us are interested in telling folks not to do things like, you know, when it comes to anti-racism work, of course we should be doing things. Of course we should be um, following the guidance of communities of color and developing relationships as we can. But I, one of the things that, you know, came up while I was sitting there typing up this notes for this workshop and the voices, the questions I was hearing in my head was the fact that we can jump, we can jump leapfrog or try to leapfrog the the part of the process that actually helps to develop our capacity and helps to develop the relationships that are supporting what you're describing mm-hmm. that your your experience yesterday with holistic resistance and that actually allow us to do the work necessary to to actually be able to be effective in when we are active and when we're doing things and to recognize that there's ways in which white-bodied folks getting in the mix in anti-oppression, anti-racism, DEI, whatever stuff, without actually having done some self-inquiry, without actually having um, done some of the wrestling with some of these questions or like doing what, you know, Resma Manicum talks about grinding up against these questions together in a way that actually ends up just either reinforcing the problem or creating more harm, you know, and there's something about our impulse to actually want to leapfrog that, that I think is really interesting to consider. Yeah. I think it's really important. And as you're talking, I'm 
noticing the importance too of, of, you know, when we get paused or when we do pause, there's also a whole somatic, you know, aspect of this is like, can we be uncomfortable and regulate ourselves at the same time, you know, so Mm -hmm. that we can be in the, the conversations in the relationship that's needed in the moment. So even as we're talking, I think it's like, take a breath, (laughs) you know, and yeah, um, yeah, I'll wiggle my toes. But that's been big for me too, because often, you know, easy for us to sit here and talk about this because we know each other well, but I've been, when I have been in spaces where this comes up, you know, I do get dysregulated pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, you know, being able to, a know that and have some ways to to regulate in that discomfort are also really important. Yeah, hundred percent. The the I mean, we've talked about this before in the like the idea of reaching and missing, right? Like the idea of actually, you know, recognizing that we are that there's no way to be in these conversations without causing harm or without triggering somebody you know and you know but the the goal not not being let me let me slow myself down here that not being the goal Mm -hmm. right but the the recognition that there's a very small percentage of a chance that as white-bodied folks we're we're going to be able to engage in this work without um making messes without making mistakes yeah but but developing the capacity to actually be stay present when that happens mm-hmm. to stay connected to stay in relationship and not turn away from it to actually be able to feel the shame that we're experiencing or the upset the dysregulation yeah it, while not then pouring that out and dumping it on whoever we've we've just right to comfort us and whatever right right to actually but to actually still stay present and then yeah then how do we go who do we go and process that with who do we go and regulate with we can't do that on our own a hundred percent. We need other people. We need other nervous systems to participate in that with us. And so all of this is like, you know, in some ways the, the place that, you know, we're talking about this kind of, these kinds of spaces where it can seem like we're navel gazing um, are, are really kind of like practice spaces or, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about a friend of mine who's a martial arts instructor and, you know, he, he may call it a dojo, you know, it's like, mm. That's that sort of space where we're actually, as Resma says, you know, getting in our reps. Yeah, completely. As you were talking, I didn't want to lose a thought. So I wrote down, you know, all of the action, you know, action needs everything we're talking about. Right. And so mm-hmm. while it can feel slow or navel gazing or there's a lot to understand, I think, at least for me, um, building my I guess for lack of a better word, cognitive understanding of all of the dynamics at play and doing my mm-hmm. research and my reading and my feeling and my relating, you know, gives me a solid platform for me of like mm-hmm. regulating like, oh, this could be going on or that could be going on or this could be going on um, mm-hmm. and knowing how it connects to what gets kicked up in me, right, really helps. So, you know, like you said earlier, it's not about not taking action, but it's like preparing to take action. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and being ready to take action because, you know, it's going to it's going to get complex when we take action. So mm-hmm. we want to be ready for that. Yeah, 100 percent. And I, I mean, I guess what I one thing I'd want to do is to kind of turn towards the listener yeah. and invite in the questions of like, you know, as you're listening to us, do you hear in yourself? Yeah, but. Do you feel in yourself? Yeah, but like that part of you, the part that's like, no, but we, I need to do something. Or I need to understand this better. Or I need to like, um, like, is there a place in which the, the invitation to actually slow down and notice all of these things we're describing is, uh, uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and is there an impulse to, to leapfrog that? It's a great question. I know when I slow down, the first thing I want is like, well, tell me what to tell me what to know then. You know, like mm-hmm. it just kind of keep yeah. <laughs> it kind of keeps giving, you know, the the impulse yeah. to yeah. to know or act in some way. It's like, no, just sit there and not mm-hmm. know. Sit there and know that it would be great to not act. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And how just being in that inquiry actually begins to give us some hints around what action might be be useful, mm-hmm. might actually be valuable. And now I think we're talking about action on many levels, you know, because as you're mm-hmm. talking, I'm thinking about a situation you and I were in in a mixed space where, you know, race came into the room and, you know, a lot of energy and words and reactions, you know, started flowing or were about to start flowing. And I think we were somewhat successful in, you know, stopping those. Um, Mm -hmm. But like that action of stopping, like, I think that would have, for me, a takeaway was just to be more explicit and like, okay, everybody, let's take a breath, Mm -hmm. you know, just stop and feel what we're feeling. There's a, there's a lot of energy in the room, you know, so Mm -hmm. just stopping to be with ourselves in that. Um. So that's one, that's like the, in the immediate action type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the action to not take action. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a result of recognizing something that's happening in yourself and in the room and making a choice. I think the, you know, the, the, so the story that I use in a, you know, I shared this with you um, a little bit before in the pre-call was that was a client that I was working with. This is years ago now who, and this is not specific to, you know, anti-racism work at all, but I think it's, it's related in that it kind of shows the way how quickly we can leapfrog over things that are, are, are important. Mm -hmm. Um, Who I was in a coaching relationship with this, this executive. And he was telling me about a, he'd been talking for like an hour in this coaching conversation about how he couldn't make a decision that he he had this choice in front of him Mm -hmm. and he couldn't make a decision. He looked at all the data, he looked at all the numbers, everything. Um, And he had the stories he had about both of them, but he could make either decision. And so he was totally stumped and he couldn't figure it out. And I asked him finally, what does your gut tell you? (laughs) You know, like what's your intuition? His intuition, immediately he was like, oh, it's this. And I was like, well, what, like, what, when, are, when are you going to listen to your intuition? You know, like you, you've been sitting here arguing for an hour with yourself about these, all this data. 
your intuition tells you a very clear story. And he was like, well, I can't just listen to my intuition all the time, can I? Like, I have to use data. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> You mean all the time, <laughs> you know, you just literally spent an hour talking about the data. We just now talked about the intuition. Like that's like one minute out of 60, right? you know, and, and, and like how quickly you are to dismiss this thing that you don't believe is useful, even though you can't, the thing that you believe is useful is providing you no use. And I think it's, it's a very similar thing that happens when we come into these spaces as white bodied folks and we, we want to, and I've heard numerous guys come into my program and say, I like within the first week session or two say, well, I thought we were going to start talking about like what to do, like what I can do. And it's like, yeah, we've been like, you were in that conversation in all of our, in most of our lives, most of the time, I'm inviting you actually here to slow down and like, let's get under the surface before we talk about what to do so that we can actually have some capacity, mm -hmm. how easy it is to leapfrog and go, well, and we never talk about, you know, let, let's get to what to do. And it's like, well, that's, we talk about that 95% of the day. Can we talk about, we need to talk about what's going on inside of us, between us and around us. Otherwise, you know, let's, at what point do we, do we actually recognize that we, you know, we need to, we need to have a, a deeper sense of this before we, before we make some forward motion. I'm, I'm going to stop talking because I'm starting to ramble. <laughs> Rambling is okay. I think. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it makes great radio. But, yeah, really. I don't know if it makes for a great podcast sometimes. Well, I just want to make sure I'm tracking. So I think sure. what I'm hearing you say is it's like less about listening tuition and data and whatnot and more about and more about like what do we the amount of time we spend paying attention to maybe unuseful things right so i heard in that story it was like 59 minutes of data and debate and like cognitive going around and around and like 1 minute of a kind of a deeply rooted knowing and so i what i think i hear you mm -hmm. saying is that in this work Let's spend time, let's spend 59 minutes on the deeply rooted knowing and developing that capacity to have deeply rooted knowing and less time on the thinking, acting. Yeah, I, is that, am I following you? The reason I think that this story is relevant okay. is because it points to how quickly we are to dismiss the thing that we've that either A, makes us slightly uncomfortable or B, makes us uncomfortable because it doesn't feel like the conventional thing we're supposed to do. Okay. Right? So the conventional in, in that story, the, the conventional thing that he's supposed to do is be an executive who uses data and rationality to make a decision that's objective and true and therefore um, foolproof in some ways, right? right? Is, is going to be the one that doesn't make a, make a mess of things. Um, and, and I think all of us know that that's actually really not possible, right? Like we can never know what the outcome of a decision is going to be, no matter how much data you've got behind it. Right. The point is, is that when, when we're confronted, I, I think in this work, when we're confronted with the, the invitation to slow down, take a, start taking a look at what is it I do and don't see about my positionality? What is it I do and don't understand about how the characteristics of white supremacy culture move through me? What is it I do and don't understand about my trauma story and the trauma story of 
people of my positionality and, and the trauma stories of others, people who have different positionalities. Like that's not our default conventional approach to this stuff. Right. Our default conventional approach is go and do a thing, right. solve the problem, you know, and I actually am of the belief that one of the reasons that we do that is because when we are allow ourselves to be confronted with the reality that we can't solve this problem, like we are not as individuals ever going to eradicate racism. That's not possible as an individual. The only way it's going to work is if we, if we are actually working together that we, that it's just so overwhelming, the grief and the anger and the fear and the, all the stuff that comes up is just so overwhelming mm-hmm. that we, leapfrog to the thing we know to do, which is act, perform, you know, make something happen. Right. And, uh, and I think that if by that, that leapfrogging, that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to point out. Got and maybe it. the story doesn't, doesn't do it that clearly, but that's okay. We got there. It did in my mind. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're making, we're making it clear for everybody else. I mean, I think what you say there is so important, which is the slowing down to, you know, what is, what are the characteristics of white supremacy that are moving through me? You know, what is my trauma story? How is it playing out? What is my positionality? Mm -hmm. What are the positionalities of the people in this room? You know, what's my, I always hear a Porsche bead in my head. Like what's my motivation around Mm -hmm. what I'm about to do or say? Um, And Mm -hmm. there was one other one. uh, Oh, and what is our capacity, you know, in this moment to do whatever it is we're going to do. So I think those things are, are really important for, for us when we're in this work in any moment, you know, um, whether we want to look at a design of a, of something we just did, or we're actually in the room and, uh, something seems Mm -hmm. to be happening. Um, so no, I think the story got us to a, (laughs) A useful place. I think the, I just feel struck too in that story. I know this wasn't your point of just the, the intuition for me, like the connection I make between like my intuition and my conditioning in this work feels, Mm. it feels really important to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, because my conditioning I'm learning is what's at play like 90 8% of the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so just really being able to slow that down and, and move from a place of relationship has been really important. Um, Yeah. The, 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 because, because if we aren't looking at our conditioning, can we really trust our, our intuition Mm -hmm. in our, in our sense of knowing, because our conditioning, if our conditioning is, if we're blind to it, or, you know, we can't see it, um, are, and we all are to some degree, right? I mean, right. that's part of the issue. It's part of why this is an ongoing, probably lifetime practice and work is we can't see it all. Can we trust our, what our gut's telling us? And when, um, when something feels good to do, is it necessarily the most useful thing? Yeah. You know, Hey, I'm wondering in a way, this kind of feels like maybe a good place to wrap, you know, which is to say, mm. we're not saying don't do anything. Uh, But for those Mm -hmm. people that are, you know, maybe from organization development and hear that term self as instrument, you know, we got to, we got to tune our instrument a whole bunch. Um, And so that's Mm -hmm. the invitation is to, is to slow down and, 
really tune in, like seriously tune in <laughs> uh, to what's, mm-hmm. what's moving in you and what you need to understand and, and spend some time there. Mm-hmm. I, I love you bringing in self as instrument and in connection to this because it immediately brings to mind the idea of like what is even self, right? And I don't mean this from I don't I don't want to go down the like existential like, like yeah existential thing, <laughs> right. but like I do think that it's related in that our if if what we if we, we consider about ourselves, you know, we've we've talked about with the characteristics of white supremacy culture being like, well, isn't that just how things are? Isn't that just like the work world of work? Like, well. It is if it if we don't choose to look at the context that is all happening in, we're happening in a context too. We're part of that context, and we've been conditioned into a thing. And so, um, yeah, I love that you bring that in because when we just think, well, self is instrument, but we don't say, well, what self and what part of me do I actually want to be utilizing as an instrument, and how do I want that to to impact folks, and who do I want that to impact, and um, and do I want that to be done in a way that is actually uh, serving the good of this place or do I want it to be just serving the status quo of what's going on right now? Right. Those questions I think are really, you know, um, start getting at our conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's symphony. Are we playing in anyway? Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to play in a different one. <laughs> I've had little bits and tastes mm. of different ones and like, I want to play in a different one and I want to play with other people and different people because it's, it's just way, way, way better than what we got going on right now because the symphony is killing people literally. So there's, yeah, yeah. there's the good news is that there's lots of little, Mm -hmm. you know, symphonies out there that are popping up um, and that we can go and join and we can, I think we can make some inroads in tweaking the symphonies, the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, but some of the, yeah, I saw a, uh, I saw a thing on Instagram the other day that said, it was a little mean that said, not everything can be decolonized. Some stuff's got to burn. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah. that's true. There's probably some aspects of the symphony that need to go. Yes. You know, we probably, maybe we don't, I, I don't want to offend any, anybody who's a, um, a classical music lover, so I won't call out any instruments, but. No, but um, now I think I, if I'm remembering this correctly, there's the Orpheus symphony in New York that is completely self-managed and they're playing Mm. in a completely different way. They're organized in a completely different way. And they're also like producing some of the most beautiful music out there um, to Mm. people who know how to ascertain those things. Um, So I think that's the right name. I'll have to put this in the show notes. Um, And there's a great interview on brave new work with the Orpheus, like two people from Orpheus it's amazing. So listen to that. Cause there's, there's some cool, there's some cool things we can do when we disrupt what we got going on. So. Cool. I will dig that out. Yeah. Um, and uh, put that in the show notes. That's fantastic. Um, so as we, as we wrap up here, you know, we wanted to, one of the things we, we mentioned a few episodes ago is we wanted to create space for folks to be able to, um, be in these conversations with us. We, we really, don't want this to just be a one-way thing. We want to be in conversation with folks who are listening. So there's a LinkedIn group that you can join. Um, it's open to anyone to join. You do have to ask to join and then you'll be let in. Um, and uh, it's disrupting our practice. Just go look for that. If you can't find it for some reason, just ping one of us on LinkedIn and we can let you in. No problem. 
Yes. And I think the other exciting news is um, we're going to be doing some workshops, disrupting our practice workshops on different uh, topics. I think we have one decided so far um, around positionality on January 9th, and we have other things in the works. So please stay tuned in various places, LinkedIn, and I think more so on the Connection Work website uh, to see more about yep. what we're doing, when we're doing them, how it works. But by the time this this is posted, uh, chances are the links will be live in the show notes and you'll be able to see all four of the workshops um, and dates and all that stuff. So right. go check that out and we hope you'll consider joining us. Yeah, that would be great. Hey, Greg here. Sorry for the interruption. We just said that there would be a workshop series that was going to be starting on January 9th. And since we recorded that, that has changed. So while there isn't a link in the show notes, what I can tell you is that there are some dates, February 6th, February 13th, February 27th, and March 6th. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll have more information soon. All right. Take care. Well, this was really good conversation today, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And just as always for folks, um, you can find us online at connectionworks.com. Email us at greg or shannon at connectionworks.com. And leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, forward it, all that end of podcast stuff. Yeah, that would all be amazing. All right. Till yeah. next time. Till next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye.